Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Brandon Opry. Brandon, are you ready to do this? Yes, sir. Excellent. Let's do this. Brandon is a CFP, MBA. He is the owner and a financial advisor at Trust Tree Financial. He's also a very active member of his community. Excited to have you on. Brandon, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thanks, George. Yes, uh, as you said, Brandon Opry. I'm a full-time husband and father to two young girls. And when I'm not with my family, I'm running a business. And it's uh, what I've been doing for 22 years now, which is working with people, helping them work towards financial freedom. I'm a uh, certified financial planner, so a lot of what I do is financial planning, um, as well as managing client investments. But My practice, for the most part, is virtual. I have clients all over the country, but I do have physical offices in Florida and North Carolina. Nice. I love it. Why uh, are are you from one of those states, or how did you select Florida and North Carolina? Well, up until recently, I spent 20 years in Florida, and uh, my wife and I got married. We have two young girls, and... We're both initially from Jersey, so we just felt the itch to get a little bit more seasons in our life. Got it. So uh, recently uh, made the decision to relocate to Charlotte, North Carolina. So that's where we are living, and I do a lot of back and forth between the two states. Perfect. I love it. All right. So this idea of financial freedom, talk talk to me a little bit about that. Financial freedom, yeah. I mean, it's it's getting a, a lot of press of late. And in talking with different people, I'm realizing that it means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to some, it may mean you know time with friends and family, which is important. Other people just consider that to be retirement. You know, sit back in a hammock and and sit on a beach with a margarita. Right. Or it could be um, to others doing things that you enjoy without stress and and worry. But I think. In general, it probably just means having control of your finances and not letting your finances control you. So um, specifically, it could mean not being dependent upon a a regular paycheck uh, to live the lifestyle that you want to live. Got it. Yeah. Like so much in, in, in the world of finance, everything is, is very relative and individualized to, uh, to the person's situation. And, I feel like I've been having more conversations lately about not necessarily worrying about what the S&P is doing necessarily because because you're probably helping your clients figure out what rate of return they need for certain aspects of their life, right? It's um, You don't need – you're probably not going to be trying to beat the S&P if you have five years or less to retirement, for example, and perhaps you are trying if you're saving for 20 or 30 years, but just really understanding um, – what your personal objectives are. I think it's such an important thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we'll ever get rid of the um, how am I doing versus the S&P 500, but part of my role is to just to get people to think of the bigger picture. You know, where are you at now? Where do you want to be in the future? And how are we going to get there? Right. Which, uh, do, do you find that people have a, a, a more difficult time with certain parts of the financial planning process 
Is it getting them to open up? Is it getting them to follow through? I think it's a little bit of both of those. Um, I think a lot of what I do, number one, is educating clients on the various aspects of planning, but also a, a very big part is the investor psychology. So uh, investor behavior um, oftentimes is not rational. So I find myself, you know, talking through some of those conflicts with clients. Um, but once they understand the bigger picture, the end goal, the steps needed to get there, they're, they're pretty comfortable and, you know, stick to a plan. Right. Yes. Investor behavior. Our brains help us out in so many different areas, but they're not always, they're not always that helpful when it comes to investing, right? Are, are, are there certain times, I know that this is a kind of a volatile market, but how, how do you, how, how do you find that that manifests itself in, in, in regard to that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of new clients come to me and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you kind of got in your own way up until now. So let's talk through, you know, whatever concerns or worries, <clears throat> worries you have. And, you know, we talk about the market, the best case, the worst case scenarios. And, you know, we can only control what we can control um, as far as risk in a portfolio. So I do my best to set the realistic expectations of outcomes. And um, generally, you know, people are very comfortable with that and they understand that, market just doesn't always go up. There will be some downtimes, but through thick and thin, our portfolios that we build should withstand any market environment. Right. And in terms of um, people educating themselves, I know that if you turn on um, just media in general, you're probably going to get a lot of hot takes and sort of flavor of the moment as opposed to good fundamental advice. But how do you coach people on, on number one, paying attention to the media? And then also if somebody did say, you know, I'd really like to, to learn more on my own. What are some resources that you think are helpful? Oh, multi-part question. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who isn't um, watching the talking heads on CNBC? Yeah. You know, half of them are saying, buy Tesla. The other half are saying sell Tesla. It's, mm -hmm. and, and some clients that I have, they've learned. They they make some money on stocks. They lose some money on stocks, you know, if they did it on their own. And at the end of the day, I said, well, how much time did you spend um, uh, on this? And how much money did you make? Is it working out? And usually they're spinning their wheels. So I think we just have discussions about, you know, being smart, using consistent principles that over time uh, have tended to work out just fine. It's a more boring approach. I mean, they're not going to go to the water cooler there in their office and brag about a stock that just went up 10% this week. But they understand and want to do what the smart money's doing. And sometimes that's boring, but it works. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes it is. It is. It, it it, it is boring and I don't know that you want your personal finance to be all that exciting necessarily. So I, 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 I appreciate that very much. Um, what, what do you find in, you've been doing this for, I think you said 22 years. So that's, that's, that's a good little while. And I'm sure you've helped probably thousands of people at this point. What do you see are, are some of the habits of, of your more successful clients? Are there certain habits? Yeah, I would say, I don't know about habits, but uh, characteristics. I mean, 
I'm not for everyone. I think I do a pretty good job uh, assisting most people in various situations. But I think characteristics of good clients for me are people who want to make a change or want to make a difference. They want to succeed financially and they're open to advice and implementing advice. I mean, the last thing I want to do is spend the time with someone and go through a whole plan, give my recommendations to what I think would be ideal and having them not implement it. Mm. So I think anybody who wants to improve their situation and is willing to have someone help nudge them along, uh, I think they make a great fit. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I remember learning years and years and years ago um, some of the criteria uh, that, that, that make up a good client. And one of them was they have to have intelligence. And the idea is not that you have to be a rocket scientist or a really, really brilliant person, but you have to be smart enough to be willing to take advice, take professional advice and follow through on it. I think that that's what you're, you're, you're getting at, and I totally agree. So if you're not going to listen to anybody, you're probably, well, probably not a candidate for, uh, for, for what we're talking about. So you got it. Um, when people are talking about, uh, talking about retirement, um, has, has their perceptions on it changed over the years? There's, uh, kind of a movement right now. It's that uh, financial independence, retire early. Um, from from your perspective, are are people more interested in that than they had been before, or still sixty five, seventy? Uh, then I'll be able to stop working. <clears throat> yeah, this definition of retirement, I believe, has certainly changed. I mean, my parents or my grandparents, and most people are in the same boat. Consider retirement, you know, a certain age. Um, step down from work life and just live out the rest of your years doing whatever. And I think our generation, I mean, I'm in my 40s, the, the, the Gen X um, generation, I think, is uh, really reshaped that. And that's primarily who I've been working with lately and even for millennials. But retirement could mean a whole bunch of different things. Um, if you read the was it the four hour work week? You know, there's a whole different um, population that, that thinks about it differently. I would say, you know, you want to live your life. You only get one of them. You want to live it the way you want to live it. So how do you envision living it? Do you want to travel? You want to spend time, friend, friends and family local? Do you want to go golf? Do you want to volunteer your time? working for a charity, you know, could be a number of different things, but, uh, really depends on the situation. I don't know if that answers the question fully. No, it's, it's a, I think it is, it's an abstraction. I think I'm, I'm also a generation Xer and I don't know that, uh, I could honestly tell you that I don't have some idyllic image in my mind of, of the toes in the sand and just not working anymore. In fact, I, I, I'll always be working on something because um, I enjoy my work. But I think it is it is difficult, I think, for people to to look that far ahead sometimes. Or probably some people are, are like, no, I know exactly what I'm going to do. But just probably asking the right questions, right, is, is, is important just to get people to start thinking about that, um, even if it simply is. Uh, we need to be saving money, obviously, and 
get you in a position where if you did want to stop working, you'd be able to do that. So, but I also don't think that uh, just numbers and statistics are very powerful. I think that it is important to help people create almost their own narrative around retirement, right? As opposed to saving 15%. I don't know that that's very impactful for, for people. So what are your thoughts on that, on helping people to really crystallize and clarify their goals? Yeah, I mean, you can use certain rules of thumb um, as barometers to to get you moving along or provide inspiration. I think one of the neatest um, definitions of retirement were these mini retirements. So why wait till you're 70 years old to travel when you can do it in your 40s, potentially, if you have your own business? I mean, why not take one, two, three months off, travel the world, come back or... I thought that to me is like an intriguing, wow, these are like mini retirements or <laughs> mini vacations here along the way and do it while you're younger uh, leading up to age 70. But I don't know. It means different things to different people. And that's not for everyone. Maybe people don't want to travel. But, yeah, it's just a matter of listening to clients finding out what motivates them, what inspires them, and then coming up with a plan to uh, make sure they get the life that they want. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that definitely makes sense. And that idea of mini retirements and, you know, taking breaks, um, I think that probably does sound good to a lot of people, but they don't necessarily haven't actually put pen to paper and figured out, okay, that does sound pretty good. How, how would I actually do that? And that's uh, obviously in a really, really important first step. So, I mean, how how do you coach people on getting started? So people who are listening who've never sat down and actually thought about that, how how, how would you coach them to to get started on either planning for many retirements or just planning for retirement in general? Yeah, well, I would say become educated. I'm I'm huge into podcasts, and there's no shortage of podcasts out there on personal finance. That's definitely one way, uh, but of course the internet. There's endless amounts of websites and endless number of books out there uh, where people can, you know, read up on different strategies that people have come up with. And that's what I find myself uh, engaging with conversations with my clients is educating them on the various topics. And they say, hey, you know, what do you think about this idea? You know, I'll sit down and go through the pros and cons. Um, And at the end of the conversation, I think they feel empowered and they feel good about where they want to go. So a lot of times it's just hearing people out, hearing themselves talk about it, and then having me help navigate, all right, well, how are we going to get there? Yeah, just the simple act of actually articulating and having a conversation and, and sharing these thoughts and get the sort of wheels turning on these things. That's a, a really, really, really good first step. There's no no doubt about it. Um, do you think that uh, I kind of ask you about what are characteristics of people that uh, that are successful? What are some things that you really wish people would stop doing? Are, are there certain things, that sort of pet peeves? <laughs> well, I usually um, uh, make the comment to my clients that it's been proven with studies that the less you look at your portfolio values – you know, the, the less times you log into your account, 
just to see how it's doing. That has a perfect correlation to how well it does. So <laughs> the less you look at it, the better it tends to do. And the more frequently you look at it, um, the more your emotions get involved and you make some decisions that may not be the best in terms of timing. Uh, so the more often you look at it, they tend to be the lower performing um, portfolio. So that's just uh, interesting st st statistic that I like to share with people. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I heard uh, years ago, somebody likened it to uh, your portfolio is like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. And uh, it's kind of the same same thing that you're talking about. So yeah, and again, human nature to uh, to be wanting to tinker or peek at it and, and, and see what's going on. But like so many other aspects, we need to uh, try to keep that in check. So well, Brandon, yes. Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? If I had to sum it up in one word, I would say it's discipline. I think everyone can afford to be more disciplined when it comes to their finances, whether it's making more money, saving more, or spending less. I mean, it's just like someone who wants to lose weight. Um, they might need to be more disciplined about their diet or their exercise, right? Or my girls, if they want to be great athletes, they're going to be needing to be committed to practice and discipline. And I think the same applies in the financial world. So I would say if anyone listening wants to be financially free, they need to be disciplined in doing that. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Come on. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's sort of like you're talking about how you only get one crack at this 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 life. So you might as well do the best you can to uh, to get the most out of it. And that really, I think you have to be doing it and practicing at it every single day. And if you're going to be healthy physically or with, 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 with money. So definitely agree. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Oh, yeah. Thank you, George. Um, I can be found on my website, which is trusttreefinancial.com. I am on all the social media channels. And uh, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Brandon Opry, O-P-R-E. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Brandon your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to TrustTreeFinancial.com. Find him on social media, and I will list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Brandon. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step step, from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on <laughs>